Time. Praise the Lord. It's chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord. It is chat time once again. Now, this week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So last week we were talking, we had a topic going here, and it was what does it mean to take up your cross, to deny yourself? It's based on Matthew chapter 16. Um, I think it like 1624. And we were talking about what does it actually mean to take up your cross. And I always thought that it was, you know, everybody's got tests and trials. Everybody goes through those tests and trials. You have a sickness, you have a, a, a problem, you have a job loss, you have a, whatever it is. And I always thought that your cross was your burden. Your cross was... Um, I don't know, whatever it is that you were going through, the test. And so I have opened my eyes <laughs> since we started studying this, and it really does not mean that at all. So, And I think a lot of people have that misconception that it's a burden, you know, because you hear other people tell you that, you know, it, it, you know everybody has a cross to bear. Everybody has a cross to bear, but that's not what it means. Everybody has a test and trial that they go through, but the actual cross means that you have to stand up for the Lord. You stand up for Jesus. So you say you believe in the Lord. You say you believe in Jesus. You believe in that he died and he rose from the dead, that he was crucified, that he came to save the souls, and you take a stand on that. 
So when people come and they mock you, or they ridicule you, or they make fun of your religion, I mean, I say that lightly because it's not really your, your position, your stance on, on the Lord. Uh, that is your cross. Just like, you know, uh, it says, starting in verse 22 of Matthew 16, where Peter was talking about, you know, the Lord was telling him that, you know, I'm not going to be with you all the time. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to die. And Peter is just having a, a hissy fit. And he's saying, no, no, you don't have to die. You don't have to. And, and the Lord rebuked him and said, you don't. And the uh, Lord rebuked Peter because Peter rebuked the Lord. And, and so <laughs> he didn't have an people. understanding, just like I didn't have an understanding. I, I didn't, I, you know, it's like you, well, you I think, think you know I, I think things. if Peter had, if it was just that simple that he just didn't have an understanding, the Lord would not have been so hard on him. But Peter rebuked the Lord. He basically was telling the Lord he didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> and so the Lord had to rebuke him, had to put him in his place because he, was, he had gone too far to the left because in his spirit he was thinking about himself. He wasn't so much thinking about the glory of God. He was thinking, you know, if the Lord falls, then what about us? What about me? I'm telling you, that's what happens. That's so natural. That's... That's so natural. That's you just assume. You just think about what what is going to happen to me. What 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 the heck, you know? Yeah, we thinking. But the point is, your 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 trust has to be in the Lord. That's why He said you had to take up your cross. You had to follow me no matter what. Just like He was obedient even until death. The Lord was obedient even unto death. That's how we have to be. We have to trust in Him even unto death. It's not like a passing. Or sometimes we'll do this, or an occasional. It's a life commitment. No matter what happens. Right. No matter what happens in your life. You cling no to the Lord. No matter what happens to your family. No matter what happens anywhere. Uh, you cling to the Lord. I, I remember, you know, I, I think about this. Uh, it, it's, I, I just think about it when I pray. And you ask the Lord to save people. And... You know, it could be that um, the Lord saves them, but then takes them. You're right. Yes, you did that with my and grandmother. You have to be, you have to be able to accept that. Right. And, and so you take a stand and you say, "Thank you, Jesus." Anyway, you know. That's right. And, and you, and, yeah, you and rejoice in it. Hard. But if you know <laughs> the Lord took somebody because He saved them, and that's why He took them so that they could stay saved, because that's happened to my grandmother. But it's hard to pray that prayer. You have to be in a state of mind, and your heart has to be in the right place, knowing that that could happen. Mm -hmm. That could happen. And you say it anyway because you believe that salvation is the best thing for anybody. Right, because you know, having the Lord, having eternal life, having salvation, because this old earth is going to perish. These old bodies are going to perish. These jars of clay are just temporary. So maybe we should just read Matthew 16, 22 through 24. Yes, Matthew chapter 16, verses 22 through 24 reads, Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me. 
for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Right, so he's saying you're going to have to drink of the same cup that I drink from. You're going to have to obey the will of the Lord as you see me do, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to sacrifice and give up all for me. And that's what taking up the cross is. You give up all for Jesus. You give up all for God. I, you know, that's a hard, that's a, that's a, I mean, if anybody's going to make a hard decision, that is a hard decision. You make up your mind mm -hmm. and you, you count up the cost. Stand firm. Right. You have to count up the cost. The Lord said, whoever goes into battle without first counting up the cost to determine whether or not they have enough funds to supply their troops in order to go into war. Who builds a house and not count up the cost? You know, he said, right in the middle of building the house, you run out of money. He said, that makes you look silly. It makes you look foolish. So we count up the cost because you don't want to turn back in the middle of a journey. They got Mark into trouble with Paul for a while, you know, because he, he turned back. But after a while, Paul sent for him because he proved that he had become steadfast. So when we take up our cross, the Lord said, that's like putting your hands to the plow. You're not fit if you turn back. Right. It's a, it takes 100% complete dedication. And commitment to God. You just, your whole There's no heart. There's no turning back. There's no turning back because what, what, then what are you made of? Right. And like the Lord said, no shadow of turning because you have promised the Lord. You have given your word. You have dedicated yourself to the Lord. So you cling to him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your being, everything that's within you, you hold on to the Lord. No, it's not something that people force on you. You know, you do it yourself. You, nobody puts it on your shoulders to do this. This is something you, 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 make a you choice. look at what Jesus has done for you, done for you. You look at the cross, you look at the crucifixion, you look at the, the beating, you look at all that, and, and you say, Lord, you did that for me so that I could live, so that I could have life and have it more abundantly, so that I could be healed, so that I could be saved, so that I could have eternity with you. And then you make a decision and you say yes to him. You say yes. And nobody forces you to do it. You say yes. Now, what are you made of if, you, if it, things get too hard? What are you made of? What kind of commitment have you made? To the Lord. See, yeah. that's the whole thing. It's like your commitment to God, your love for the Lord, your faithfulness, your loyalty towards God does not fade with your trials. It's like even though you're going through, that should not... Uh, dissuade you from loving God. It's like, so you still love the Lord and you, you cry out in your distress, but you still love God and you wouldn't trade your position, your relationship with the Lord for anything. You wouldn't be like Esau. See, a person who looks at something and say, well, what good is salvation going to do me if I... I'm dead, which is basically what Esau was saying. You know, what good is my birthright going to do me if I'm dead? That's basically how he looked at it. And so he despised his birthright. And when, when a person takes up the cross and then they turn back, it's like despising your birthright. So uh, when it says you have to deny yourself, 
Mm -hmm. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mm -hmm. So now we know what the cross represents. Mm -hmm. We know what the cross bearing means. Mm -hmm. But to, what is denying yourself? You crucify now, your old man. So a lot of people, this reminds me of, um, you know, where people go through Lent and then you're sacrificing for the Lord. You're giving up. I'm going to give up. I don't know ice cream, or I'm going to give up candy bars, or I'm going to, I'm going to give up, uh, you know, something. I'm not, I'm not going to cuss or swear. People say, uh, you know, where they make a sacrifice for 40 days just before Passover. But, but that's not really and denying no, myself. it's not. But that's, you know, that's the first thing that comes to someone's mind. Uh -huh. Is so I'm not going to be comfortable. I'm going to make things uncomfortable for myself. But it's not so much a self-denial of things or food or you crucify the old man you crucify your flesh and you give your heart completely to the lord that's how you deny yourself you become the lord's completely you sell out wholeheartedly unto god so what you're doing is actually replacing you choose to replace your thoughts and your desires and your plans with God's thoughts and desires and his plans mm -hmm. and his purposes and whatever he has for you. Right. It becomes a part of you. It, you say, Lord, I want to, I heard a song say, Lord, I want to be more and more like you. I said, no, Lord, I want to be just like you. You know, not more and more. Lord, I want to be just like you. You deny yourself and you take on the attributes of the Lord. You become his child. You know, when you look at some children, you say, that man, they can't deny, that's his child, a spitting image. <laughs> you know, some, mm -hmm. some children, you say, there's just no way. It happened to my brother. He walked into a store. Woman took one look at him and said, your father has to be, and, and my brother said, yeah. She said, because <laughs> you look just like him. So there's this, your spiritual DNA. You is the Holy Spirit, and there's just no way when you're covered with the blood of the Lamb that you can retain any of your old nature. It's just, it's just not there. You become your father's child. So when you feel like, I mean, you live like Jesus. You walk like Jesus. You talk like Jesus. You mm -hmm. think of others like Jesus. You, um, so, you know, if somebody gets you irritated, angry, mad, you just don't jump up and lash out at them and go back into sin and right that's not what jesus did you right know, and, that, and you have to recognize you can't do this without the holy spirit now if you try to do this on your own you're in trouble that's right those who live according to your sinful nature have your mind you you have your mind set on on natural things on on your nature on your sinful nature you know which passed away when you accepted Jesus mm -hmm. and and got saved. Right. But you don't and you crucify that old man every day, every day. Because it if you don't keep uh crucifying yourself every day, mm -hmm. you slowly backslide. Mm -hmm. You slowly go back to what you were. And but you and then you have to live like you said, in accordance with the Holy Spirit. And you have the mind uh, of what the Holy Spirit 
desires for you. Right, because you're acknowledging the Lord in all your ways. Not just some of them, but every day you're acknowledging the Lord. And then the Lord directs your path so that when you wake up and you see a, a brand new morning and God's mercies are brand new every morning, mm -hmm. then you know that you're here for a reason and it's to give God the glory. Yeah, and I, and I think about, you know, it's like you, um, I don't, what, to deny yourself is, is not like, like I was saying, giving up things, giving up doing sacrifices. I remember right, because what did the Lord say? Obedience is better than sacrifice. sacrifice. Right. This reminds me of an old Touched by an Angel episode where this, where this guy was a con man and he was trying to stay out of jail and oh, so the judge sent him to community service to a hospital to do all the, to, to do community service in a hospital. And um, this girl he was dating he ended up marrying her because his cronies or whoever his buddies were telling him that your wife can't testify against you and you, you go to jail and um so he at the last minute while in the hospital chapel married this woman and then the fbi comes crashing in and they want to arrest him and then they they left because she couldn't t testify against it is a it's a program it's it's not real but the gist of the, the what i'm trying to say is there but he had a heart problem mm -hmm. so he ended up because he knew he was a he he had a heart attack in the hospital and then he took it seriously so then he, instead of taking it seriously to serve the lord he denied himself. He tried to do all these works. He tried to read stories to the children, clean things. He tried to do all kinds of community service just so that he could get on the good side of God, so that he could be saved. And they had to finally explain to him, that's not what gets you into heaven. That's not, you're denying yourself, but that's not what the Lord, the Lord wants your heart. And right. he wants you to take a stand for him. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Right, um, and the Lord wants our heart. It has but, nothing to do with corporal works. Right, and so people have to understand this because the enemy tricks a lot of people. They go around and they say, I made a pact. I sold my soul to the devil. I did this, I did that. No, you can't sell you your can't soul do that because, because your soul belongs to the Lord. All you, souls belong to the and Lord. And you can't sell your soul. Now, can you give your heart to something? Yes, you can, but here's the beauty of the Lord. You can also take your heart back. So if you've dedicated your heart to the enemy, it, it doesn't mean that it's a lost cause. You always have the option to take your heart back and to do with your heart what you will. So if you have promised or uh, aligned yourself with the enemy, with Satan, because you committed your heart to, to, the, uh, to the enemy, and then all of a sudden you realize you want to be saved, God has given you the authority to say, I take my heart back. I'm going to give my heart to the Lord. You have that authority. God has granted it. So never, as long as there's blood running through your vein and it's warm, a living dog is better than a dead lion. You have a chance. So how do you take up your cross? You know, uh, so what happens when you take up your cross and follow Jesus? First of all, I think you're obedient to God. 
you know, just like Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross, you become uh, obedient to him. So you have to set aside your selfish desires. That doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't grant you the desires of your heart. Right. But you have to be willing mm -hmm. to give it up. Right. And you come to the Lord like he said to come. You come looking for God to save you. And when the Lord saves you, he makes you brand new. The Lord says, I change you. You are no longer the same. And I feel sorry for people who have not experienced the miracle working powers of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost because God is real. And a lot of people think that if you make a commitment to the Lord and get saved, that you won't be happy. Right. That you won't have any joy that you won't have any uh any kind of personality right you won't but, have... but by god's very definition you receive joy when you're not saved you might experience pleasure you might be something might make you in a worldly sense merry or happy but you don't experience pure joy until you receive salvation so okay. so you know you're going to find out that your life is more fulfilled it's you know even in the middle of a test or a trial you have a certain amount of joy and you have a completeness you are complete in the lord you you, you are made whole just like the one leopard not only was he healed he was made whole not only does god save you but he makes you whole you're complete. Your whole way of looking at things, thinking, seeing, your whole reasoning, God begins to teach you, to deal with you, so that you grow. The only way a person will find themselves torn or sad is if they have one foot in the church and one foot in the world, or like they haven't had a made-up mind. They're not stable. That's about the only way. Once you're stable in Christ, you have that communication and that link with God, and it's just... That particular link is special between you and God. Mm -hmm. So another way that you can take up your cross is to guard your thoughts. You know, in Philippians chapter, I think it's chapter 4, it talks about think on these things, things that are pure and things that are holy. And yeah, things that are everything, yeah, are true. He said, whatsoever things Worthy of are, praise. Things are, are just, whatsoever things are honest. You, you know? think about those things. Right. You don't think about what... Uh, so and so did to you. You don't meditate right. on right because that'll bring your spirit. Things. That'll bring your spirit down. He said, if there be any virtue, if there be any any praise, and you know that there is in Jesus, he said, you then you think on those things. Which are things are lovely. Which are things have a good report. That's what you think on when the enemy tries to bring all those negative thoughts. Start thinking about the goodness of Jesus. And it takes practice. It takes self control. It takes... Why? Because your battlefield is in the mind, mind and the enemy comes to try to get you off track. That's why the Lord says, gird up the loins of your mind. And then, and then another way to take up your cross is, and, and you don't do that so much yourself, but you put on, you put on the armor of God. You put, I mean, you put on a new self. Right. You put, every, every day that you get up, you put on. You put on the whole arm of God. You put on Christ. Every single day you make sure that you're taking the Lord within your heart. The first thing that you put on, you gird your loins with truth. The first thing that you think about when you think on these things are things that are true. 
So you can't go for it if you, if you don't know what you're going for it in. You have to know what's true. And then you got to show compassion and kindness. Which and is the Holy Spirit. you can't be sarcastic. And you have to forgive. You have to be Which, patient. And does that sound impossible? Not without the Holy Ghost. With the Holy Ghost, that's love. And you can do it. You have to be thankful and right. joyful and it's continuous and grateful because you're in the spirit and if you look at Hum if you look at Leviticus yeah and practice you, humility and because the Holy Ghost will lead you that way if you look at Leviticus and Numbers and all in the Old Testament when they were given the law it was a continuous thing and then and then another way to take up your cross is you run your race you you just go ahead you take up your cross you Put your eyes on the Lord and you go for it. You lay aside everything. You're the love of all your possessions, your money, your, you know, your pride, your accomplishments, your status. And you say, your, and there's nothing above you, God, in my life, and there's nothing beside you, Lord, in my life. You know, maybe your friends are going to back away from you, and, and you know, people aren't going to. Because they, they, you two can't walk together unless they be in agreement and on one accord. I mean, that's just a, such a simple concept that if you're both going in the same direction at the same time, you have to know that you're both headed for the same place. So, you know, when you're running a race, you know, notice when they're in the Olympics and they're running the race, you know, they're, they've got like a, a T-shirt, shorts, you know, their sneakers on and stuff. They're not dressed with heavy things, you know, so... What you're doing is you're running a race and you got to take all that stuff off of you. You know, we carry a lot of baggage mm -hmm. on us. Yes, we do. We have a lot of baggage and you have to strip off it. Like it says in Hebrews, take off all the weight that slows you down in your race, especially the sin that, so you know, easily, easily beset us and, and run the race with endurance. Now, you had endurance is something to be said i mean there's something to be said about endurance it's like you're on and on and on you endure right you go you press on I, I know a person told uh, was, was saying one time he said he had to deal with dog fights he said a lot of people think it's the stronger dog the faster dog he said you know the dog that wins the dog that endures yeah if you train your dog to be able to withstand a, a lot of stress and a lot of punishment. You know, they can endure, they can take it. That's the dog that wins. So you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, you take up your cross every day, just like Jesus was willing to go to the cross. And he took all of our sin and shame and guilt and, and everything. And, and he forged a way for us to be able to forgive. Right. And, so that and is not in vain. Right. So that just wraps up our program here. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Matthew 18 and 3. And said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's Food for Thought, ironically, was who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And the answer is whoever humbles himself as a child. And that can be found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 to 4. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? 
And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. This week's food for thought is, What defiles a man? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.